Fake friends are like fake plants. They take up space, may even look cute, but they don't grow. I'm Kiara Rose. And I'm Sola T. And we are your hosts of Fake Friends Podcast. Though we aren't master gardeners, we do know a thing or two about growing and nourishing a healthy friendship. We've created this podcast to not only reflect on our own fake-ass story of friendship, but also share the challenging and beautiful lessons we've learned together along the way. This podcast is for those who've lost a friend, need a friend, or want to be a better friend. Together, we'll navigate the propagation, pruning, and planting of real friendship. Welcome to Fake Friends Podcast, Episode 2, Fake-Ass Friends. I'm Kiara Rose. And I'm Sola T. And today we will be talking to you about fake ass friends. Actually, we're going to talk to you more about why we named this podcast Fake Friends. Because I've gotten some feedback like, why why would you name something? What is this clickbait? No, 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 no. I don't believe it's clickbait. I think it's us being honest about some things. I think that fake friends are something that don't just happen in one space of life. And it's something that we have to consistently learn to navigate. Um, and sometimes that's figuring out how we can stop being fake friends ourselves. Well, yeah. And also we started off being fake friends. That's the dynamic yeah. of mm-hmm. our relationship. Exactly. And if you'd like to know more about that, you can go ahead and listen to our introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you like that redirect y'all. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think with that, you know, because we acknowledge that we, you know, had a little pettiness in the beginning of our our friendship, even if it wasn't really with us, I think, you know, the root of it has to do with that space of authenticity um, and really being able to show up as individuals in order to being able to support each other as friends. Um, and so I feel like maybe not in the first couple of years, but eventually we got to a space where we made an intentional choice of like, OK, we are, you know, our values are pretty aligned but we have certain things that are different. We express ourselves in different ways. And so how can we show up to one, understand uh, the other person and feel like I'm affirmed to show up as I am. Um, so with that, we, we've, I think we just ask each other questions where there's mm-hmm. through like crazy, crazy memes we see or intentional oh, we see questions. Um, we do that. And so a couple years back, I re- I fell in love with the show called Skin Deep. And I, if you haven't watched it, it's a web series that really puts two people in a room face to face and, and having uh, what some could say is a difficult conversation. I think it's just, I would, it can be difficult, but I think the re- the focus is really on vulnerability and to really be authentic in expression. And so Skin Deep actually came up with these uh, different like series of card games. So they have card decks for if you're dating, if you're in a relationship, for your coworkers, for your we friends. Have a few of them. We do. I, my goal is to get all of them um, because they really help you if you have never had. Uh, a, a deepened connection with a person. Sometimes you don't, the way that you would naturally move and the questions you would naturally ask ain't going to get you there. It's not going to help support getting there in the first place or sustain it over time. So I'm all for using your tools. Friend. Yes, they your, your friend. Absolutely. You know, I'm big on that key. So uh, I think what we're going to do every week is we're going to continue to nurture our friendship in that way. And we're going to invite you to do the same. So uh, we'll ask the questions to one another and give our answers. Um, and then I would encourage you, if, if it's a question that strikes you, write it down and, you know, call your friends, FaceTime, introduce some different levels of communication and intimacy into the relationships and connections that you have. So today's question. Dun, 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 dun. Right. I was like, is it going to be a drummer? But I like, dun, 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 dun. I like that. I like that. So today's skin deep question of the week is what is a value that we do not share in common? Dun, 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 dun. 
That's a good I question. Feel like, I feel like I know what it is, but you go first. All right. If I had, hmm, okay, if I had to choose something, I would, I would say it's loyalty. Yep, that's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> it already sounds kind of bad, but go ahead and explain your part first. It, it does sound bad, but this is, from my perspective, I feel like. You know, if if we're friends, if I have a friendship and I introduce that friend to another friend and then say, for instance, we have a falling out, I would expect the original friend to not continue with the the associated friends, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like your loyalty has to lie with me and where our friendship is. And I think that's something that you and I disagree on and have disagreed on over the years. Um. Yeah, and so, yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, of course, I think that's a very specific, ex- you know, type of example where um, it would depend for me if I was going to, but it's not a ruled out for me. Um, and I wouldn't be offended if, you, if you know, the other person in the situation continued that relationship, if that's what they chose to do. Um, so I think in general, loyalty is a word that I will rarely use. If somebody were to ask me my top values, loyalty would not be listed. Um, that doesn't mean that the other aspects of that aren't some things that I value, like commitment and, um, you know, trust. <laughs> I think those, those kind of wrap, wrap into loyalty. But I think for me, the the word by definition does suggest, you know, there's some type of allegiance. And that's just not really how I navigate my life. Um, I think that there, you know, I use words such as honor. And I think, you know, to me, if I have to look at the situation, see if that honors everybody in it. Um, so, you know, with you in particular, with people you've fallen out with, I don't keep close contact with them because I know that's a thing for you. So that's how I honor you in that process. But with some of those people, like, would I, t- I don't know if there's anybody I would be, like, dying to talk to. Um, but would I probably have more casual, friendly conversation with them? Probably. Um, but because I know that's a thing for you, I try to be really mindful of it. But on the other end, I don't have the expectation that you wouldn't, you, you cut somebody off because I cut somebody off. Right. It's just not. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's the one thing we, like you said, we've known and we've learned to navigate. But it is something that we have very different experiences with. Yeah, I feel like we should share a story because I think there's a very clear example of our differencing of opinions. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, you, I feel like, okay, I feel like this is a story that you have to tell your side of it first and then I can shine light on my perspective because I think that this whole scenario was something that you just had more of a, 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 a perspective of in the first place. No problem. Okay, so... I want to share the time that we actually fell out for about a year. Like, we did not talk oh, yeah. for about a year. Was it really like a whole year, though? I'm pretty sure it was about a year. I'm Yeah, I think it was. I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, you were actually moving away. You were on your way to Las Vegas from Minneapolis. Yes, yes, yes. And I remember you having this going away party. We actually went to a drag show. We went to the 90s. Shout out to the 90s. Shout out to Minneapolis. Shout out to Minneapolis. Okay. Uh, and I remember asking you prior to going to the show if we could go to an event after the show ended because I think the show gets over pretty early. I want to say around midnight, if that. And so I was like, let's go to this other spot. My friend was hosting some event. I think it was for a birthday. I can't fully recall, but I do remember they were hosting some some sort of like open mic or something of that nature. And you were like, all right, cool. Like, let's do that. And... The, where the wires got crossed is there was a new person that you introduced from work 
that I had never met previously. There were some other friends there, but my issue lied with like this new person, like no new friends, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like a few of my friends used to be on that no new friends. And I'd be like, well, guys, sorry. <laughs> sorry. And you know what? I'll be fine. Like Not I'm sorry. I'm very welcoming most of the time, but this, this situation, I just was like, I don't, and you a work friend. I feel like I don't, I don't know you. I don't, mm-mm. I'm not reckoning you. So the it, you a work friend. Like, you not a mm-mm. anywho. Let me finish up. Uh, so what ended up happening is it was time to go. In my mind, it was time to go. Like the show was over. We already agreed we were gonna go to the next spot. And oh, girl, the new girl didn't want to go. And so then in turn, that felt like you didn't want to go. It's how I took it. Now, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you share your side. But how I oh, took it that. was. That's beautiful. That's <laughs> how beautiful. I look at growth. Growth. Okay. Was you just didn't want to go because she didn't want to go or like to appease her or whatever. And so I felt the type of way and it went left after that. What you do after that though, Key? I don't fully remember after What's, that. I what feel does, like I what was, does it mean you went left after that? I what feel like mean? I was upset. And so I don't fully remember what happened. I'm pretty sure uh, mm, I started acting out, yeah, doing the you most. Absolutely did. You pissed absolutely off. Did. I was upset, and so I was just, you know, we were about 22. I'm gonna just throw that in there. I don't act like th- I would not handle this in that way now. But at yeah, the time, I, I understand. Understand. Looking back at it, I, was I mean, upset. I think that I think there's also just I think. This situation also highlights a very big difference in our personalities. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes you are a lot more structured than I am in a certain way. That's like, if we said we do this, we're going to do this. If we have this agenda, we're going to follow this agenda. And that's just not how I move in general. Like, if we're good, we don't have to go nowhere else. So I think from my perspective, from what I recall of the situation, that's what it was of like, but we're good. We're having a good time. It's also cold outside. If I don't have to go nowhere else, and I don't recall the conversation of us having, like, being like, okay, this is something we're, we're really going to do other than just, like, a suggestion. I mean, I feel like there were plenty of nights where it was like, hey, this is going on, too. We should probably go roll through, and then we just didn't roll through. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I don't feel like, I don't remember, and I don't, I could be wrong. I don't remember there being an emphasis on, like, this is something that we really need to do. Because I think, you knowing my personality, because I'm not a person that's like, oh, I have to do this and this. Like, okay, if it's flow, if it makes sense for us to go over there and show love to whoever, like, let's do that but to me it wasn't pressing in that way and it was also my going away party so if I didn't want to go somewhere I don't get what the big deal was and why you had to feel like it was somebody else and so I think for me that's where I was most upset was how you reacted to it um because I'm definitely I feel like I'm a person you can be like all right well we said we was gonna do this but like that was not what happened from my experience. It was like, you didn't get what you wanted. You didn't really say much. And then you started talking. You talking about you was going to slit that lady's tires. I do you not You was going to do this, that. that, and the other. You walked off. You stormed off. And I'm like, okay, well, if it's something like, okay, do you want to go and pop back? Like, I just wasn't understanding the emphasis. And I think it was. It did have to do with this other person here feeling like, okay, well, why did she get more influence on what we're doing? And though we had already talked about this. So I can understand it. I still wouldn't agree with that approach, but I can understand it, especially now that I understand you and where that would actually be coming from. But in the moment, it just seemed really disrespectful. And to me, I think where I transition a lot of my friendships is that moment of disrespect. Like when I feel disrespect i i create i feel like i create room for my friends to react differently than i do because a lot of them are more um 
aggressive when they're upset, but that's that's how I feel. So for me, that's what that's what it was. I feel you. Yeah. I mean, we got past it. We'll share how we got past it at some point, but we go. Yeah, we're just gonna leave it there. Uh, yep. Cause it, <laughs> cause it, okay. Because it actually makes me think also of what's happening in Insecure right now. You know, we love mm. Molly and Esau Insecure. And I definitely wanted to take a moment just to talk about, like, how you feel about their friendship and what's going on. And do you think yeah. the blow up was warranted or who was at fault? Yeah, I think that they're. Um... Well, I guess first, like, I guess. Well, you just asked a lot of questions. What you want to do I first? did. Who, <laughs> I did. How do you, I, I guess just overall, like, what are your overall feelings between, you know, so the I, situation? I'm so happy that this particular, like, friendship is put on, highlighted in this show. Because I think one thing that we don't talk enough about is friendships that have, that started when you were younger. When started when you was a different person. And they don't evolve with you as an individual, but you're, you're, they're right there. And I think I've personally been in those situations where I'm growing and I'm, I don't either have the resources or I I didn't have the resources or I wasn't using them to help the relationship grow. And so that's what I see with Issa and Molly. Not that I think that they couldn't be friends, but I think a lot of what they're going through in their friendship has to do with their growth individually and them not being able to create space for one another to have a different type of friendship than they had back in the college days. So I think honestly, they're both at fault. Do I think that one person is absolutely more aggressive in what they're adding? Absolutely. But I do think that they both have responsibility in what it is. I would say that the percentage is not 50, 50 though. Um, I was, I would be more comfortable with about a 70, 30 or 60, 40. Go on um, which way Heavier though. end, the heavier end being on Molly. Oh, okay. Um, and the other end being on Issa. But I think it's again, that the journey of womanhood alongside somebody, when you are, are learning how to become vulnerable and which is, I think both of them are doing that. Yeah. I think, I think that they definitely are both growing and, and shifting. Like I think that's clear because Issa's enter into a, a whole new chapter of life. My yeah. issue is with Molly not being accepting of Issa's new chapter. And from my perspective, that's how it looks. Like I see where Issa could do better as a friend. But you know, when your, your friend growing and doing new things and trying new things and you just not supportive. But I think you have to look at the roles that they I'm not making an excuse for Molly, but I do think it's important to look at the roles in which they play in their friendship. It's very defined from the first uh, seeing them being introduced to them that they have a codependency um, in which Molly is there to clean up Issa's mess and Issa is there to expect Molly to clean up her mess. And we've seen that play out in multiple scenarios. So I think what they're in right now is Issa's getting to the point where she don't have much much mess for Molly to clean up. And so Molly doesn't know how to function. What is the role outside of that? And that's where I think our, our friendships can become, especially older friendships can get in a really dangerous space when the role that you're used to playing is no longer available. Nobody's casting for that role. Right. So what do you do? You act out or, or you can you have pivot. that healthy you or pivot. you pivot. But a lot of times people act out. Mm-hmm. And so we have seen a series of acting out from her and Issa's in a space where like they also don't know a lot about what's going on in each other's lives because they're both feeling that tension of like this ain't working. But neither one of them is taking the time to really say, OK, you know, what can we do about this? Do we need to actually take intentional space and like, you know, transition into that intentionally or or not? And I've been in that situation a few times and 
I haven't always been my highest self in that. I've definitely had had moments where I'm Molly and I've had moments where I'm Issa. Um, I think my personality is, I think my personality is just a little bit more of Issa, more of the avoidant side of like, I'm just going to go over here and do this. And when I feel like it's time for us, we're both probably in a space to have a conversation and we'll have one, but you can't always bank on that. Yeah. You know, that's true. That's true. It's definitely been a interesting show. We've had some tension over it because I just, I just subscribed to Molly. I just subscribed to Molly is trash and. You? Yeah, I say Molly is trashy. Yeah, but I, I think that Molly does have good things at her core, and she has had Ace's back in a certain way. But I think she has to find a new re- way to relate to herself first and foremost, because I think the issues that come up in their friendship have more to do with Molly as a woman and an individual, and and how she holds her relationship. Yes, I I agree because I I also have felt it with uh, Andrew as well. We're not gonna get on Andrew and and Molly at the moment, but yeah, I. I, I feel like it definitely Molly uh Molly need to work on some Molly but yeah and I think that that's a really healthy space I think it can get really messy and it can look very ugly when you are trying to do things before you do the work so it's like you're you're having these opportunities to have a man to to be have this job to do these things and you're so caught up in the next step that you forgetting like I have to be the person to show up to those spaces that's going to thrive in those spaces but that requires me first to sit and really address some things with me and I think we're seeing Issa kind of do that but Issa has that work to, that she has to do as well oh, yeah, and I absolutely. think she's she's figuring the career part out mm-hmm. which is I think is beautiful for her yeah I think so too you know the other thing it makes me think of is just like the Molly's or Issa's I've had in my own life and I actually want to kind of take a time to to dissect you know this particular episode we're kind of navigate the difference between you know being a fake ass friend versus Mm. a real ass friend you know kind of what that looks like if you're the person that you know needs to do some inner work and maybe isn't being the best of friend towards your friends or uh, maybe you are a good friend but you have friends who aren't serving you in this chapter how do you navigate that um, yeah, I think that one of the best, the biggest, so, so basically like, how do we identify and remove a fake ass friend? Right. Let's start there. Okay. So the first thing I would say is one way to identify them is that there's always like some type of drama or chaos. They're just always in it. Like it always just Woo! happens to surround them. We just always have crisis A, B through Z. Happening um, to them. <laughs> I know them. those And there's people. no accountability. There's no, there's accountability. no responsibility. They did nothing to, to cause it. That's a good one. That, I when agree. everything is everybody else's fault. Mm. So I think that's one way. You know. Um, what else do you have? What you got? Oh, I was just, I was just thinking that everything also revolves around them. Mm. They don't they don't really listen to your views or ideas. If you call them to, you know, share something going on with your life, they often flip it and turn mm. it on what's going on in their life. They're they're not willing to share. It's kind of going back to Molly and Issa. I feel like some of the struggle that they're having is because Molly doesn't fully understand what's happening in Issa's life. Yeah. She doesn't fully understand I- the gravity of Losing a headliner, yeah. Right, right, right. But I think in the same breath, there's some of that where it's the other way of Molly's trying to grow and have a more sturdy relationship. And Issa's like, well, you're just always looking for something wrong. Mm -hmm. And she was truly feeling a certain type of way that, yeah, maybe she needed to process more. But I think they're both shutting each other down based off of, again, old scripts that they have of each other. Yeah, that's true as well. That is definitely true as well. So the other thing that I have, and I don't know if I've experienced this a lot but when they put you down or only around you 
when like when you're down. So like their Ooh. friends that's like you become like their um, what do you call them? I, I, there's a word for that, but like basically you being around highlights you and what's going great in your life. Oh. And they're rarely there when you got good stuff going on. Like they're only there to like console you. Again, what Molly, I'm there to pick up your mess. But when you're doing well, I don't know how to show up and really show up and show out, assuming that everything's going to be great. Mm, I actually have an experience with this. Uh, when I started modeling, I fell out with a group of friends. And mm. I feel like part oh, I of. Remember this. Yeah, I, I feel this. like a part of our friendship was I was the slacker friend. You know, I was a good friend. I feel like I was a good friend to them. But as far as what was happening in my life, I was in a really toxic relationship. I just had Mm -hmm. I didn't have, you know, my life together as far as my career, any of that going on for me. And so, like, they were kind of always there to, you know, pick up the pieces, see what crazy thing, cheer cheer me up. And and I appreciated that at the time. But then also be like. Go ahead. And also be like, well, I'm glad that's not going on with me. With me. Yeah. And so then as I started to really do some inner work, elevate, work on like connecting my spirituality and all these things, I realized like I wasn't being invited out anymore. I wasn't a part of the group text anymore. I wasn't. Mm. I, I just they just was doing their own thing. Like I'd see them on social media out and like didn't say anything and so it made me feel a type of way like y'all i'm not doing bad so y'all don't want to hang no more like i finally can pick up the check and y'all y'all don't want to be cool (laughs) that's interesting that i mean it's real people position people differently in their lives for different reason and some people position have people around just to to feel good about themselves and the placement that they are in their lives so i think it's really sad but that's something that you gotta you gotta be mindful of i don't think you go accusing everybody of that um, no sometimes there may be more to the story but it is something to be mindful of no i think it is i think another way to kind of call it out is it's almost along the same lines is they compete with you they're jealous of you if you get a new job they don't congratulate you or or, or oh congratulations on your little job yeah little they job. brush it off they downplay it same thing if you you know maybe are in a a better happy healthy relationship they might call ask you about the relationship just to see if y'all still good but there there's mm. nothing else to it maybe you move you buy a house you do you know if they're not there to support you in some way like say for instance buy a new house thing maybe they don't want to help you move because i'm that friend that don't necessarily want to help move call me i like helping move but i will unpack (laughs) i will help you decorate i will bring you a bomb housewarming gift like i will show up in that way like if they're not able to show up at Mm. all that's something to be mindful of yeah and i think that that level of competition is just really never healthy in any relationship it's not it's not because it suggests that only one of you can win. And I'm all for relationships where we all win and we all on. It's enough room for us to all eat. So somebody who shows me signs of that, I'm definitely catching it and I'm definitely watching it. Yeah, it definitely should be mindful of it. I, I think that's yeah. very important. I think along the lines of that, there's something that I think, um, and just kind of mindfulness, it's just people crossing boundaries. That's one thing yeah. I, I hear a lot about. Of like, you, you know, you said how you feel about something, and they think it don't apply to them. Like, you thought I was just saying it because of them people over there. No, that's a boundary for me in general, which applies to you. Um, this also looks a little bit like, you know, showing up to your home or work uninvited. They feel entitled to your space, time, or attention. So maybe, you know, they feel like they can always call you at any time. you be like, hey, I'm actually working on this. And they still trying to call you. They still trying to come over. Just, it's a boundary. And I think that when 
a healthy uh, one of the main parts about having and sustaining a healthy relationship is to one uh set and then two acknowledge and three adhere to and navigate people's boundaries because it's important nobody wants to feel like they're being imposed on or they're not being considered more than anything that's one thing a big pet peeve of mine of like having feels or friends where i'm like i don't feel considered at all mm-hmm. yeah i that's exactly it i think i've definitely experienced that i've, I've been on both sides of that as well i think uh when i was younger i didn't know how to set boundaries for myself so I also didn't know how to honor other people's. Mm, I feel like true. I definitely fell victim to the like, oh, they, she talking about them, but like, we I good, we good. Yeah. I could, I could do that. I could, you know, whatever. And so I've definitely had to work on myself to to say like, how would that make me feel? You know? Yeah. How would how would the random you know house pop up? Yeah, every so nice. I'm I'm bringing lunch or food or you know I know you're having a bad day. So I just wanted to come say, hey, but like at the same time, you probably might have just wanted that space to hang like you can't impose on people in that way. I think so. I think it just goes to the mindfulness of the relationship to know that, like you said earlier, like it's not about you. It's not. Sometimes you really have to consider that other person with a priority to say that even though this is how I would want to show up, how does how does Key want me to show up? Because how we both cope with things are different. And if I'm always moving from how I feel. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. And, you know, another thing that I very clearly have also fallen victim yeah, to in the past <laughs> is they're jealous of other friends. Yeah. I, that, <laughs> that's what the issue was. It took, it but took honestly, me a while. Like, it's, honestly, it's a thing that people have. Like, I don't think that you're the only person. I honestly, I, I don't recall ever me feeling that way. Just because no, I, I think of think- how... I, just as of how I relate to people, like how I hold friendship and what that means to me. Like I'm, because to me, they're never the same. Like any relationship I have with any of my friends is never, I would never compare them because they're not the same type of relationships. Yeah, they're all friendships, but how I engage with those people is different. So I've just never felt like, oh, this person is someone's friends with so-and-so and like, oh, you coming over here? Who is she? Like, I've, I've just never, never thought about that. But I understand that that's a valid space. Uh, it's a space. I think it's a valid space because it's how people truly feel. Do I think it's a space I agree with? Absolutely not. Uh, okay. But it's a valid space because that's a valid. Because, I mean, if you think about a lot of people relate to each other, especially in loving relationships through possession. Like, you are my mm-hmm. best friend. You are this to me. So if I don't subscribe to the idea, love is not possession to me. So I just don't approach it with that. But somebody who love is possession to them, that's a that's valid. I don't agree with it, but it's valid. That's valid. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that was a point that I had to get to in my own life of loving people without possession and I think that's actually for me was a lot more powerful because I was able to understand that they they wanted to be around me they wanted to love me back without like the exactly. condition or like without the any kind of requirement like you know what I mean with it's just yeah. to me that it was a lot easier for it made my life a lot easier when I let that jealousy go I agree so, I'm sorry. You know, I love to talk about what we can do. So, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an optimist Lead in everything way. I do. Lead the way. So I want to talk about, okay, we've understood. We talked a little bit about the signs of somebody being fake as hell. We got to let them go or we need to have some conversations. But what about like, how do we know a real ass friend is around? A, like, so we could celebrate that. Think, what would you say are some signs, like are some signs of like that's a real ass friend? I, I'm gonna I'm go cliche for a minute. 
But I'm going to just say they communicate with you. You know, everyone mm. says you to have any type of good relationship, you have to have communication. And I think that open communication with honesty and tact is vital to any friendship, any relationship. I think you're being a real ass person if you can communicate effectively as to I'm their... I'm saying, you know I was going to add the E word. <laughs> effective okay. communication. Yeah, effectively as to what it is that you need. Seeking what they're needing from you and mm. and un, and forming some sort of understanding as to where you're coming from. Yeah, and I think that also requires a prerequisite of you like knowing what you need. Because I think a lot yeah. of people start connections and like you have this idea of friendship that you got from somebody TV show, somebody movie, but you don't even know what type of friend you're looking for. So I think it's really important to be able to pause that before we say be a real life, you got to work on like what it means to be a realized person to you and know what those things are. And then you can connect with people in a real ass way. Um, and I think, you know, one of my favorite things that I love to do it, I pride myself on trying to do my best that is showing up for others. I think in my seasons, I've had tough seasons and yeah, I mean, you have to respect your personal boundaries. Like if you're going through something, you can't show up. There's always a way you can show up. Mm-hmm, I always is. believe there's always a way I might not be able to be at your event, but I'm gonna make sure before you go to what you go to, you feel esteem, you feel love, you feel celebrated. And so I think adding creativity to how you show up for others and being consistent with showing up for others is something a real ass fun is always going to do. Always. I think that is something that has carried our relationship over these last 10 years aside yeah. f- aside from the one <laughs> nine, <laughs> nine, nine, nine <laughs> because we do that i feel like we've celebrated sadness across country we celebrate <laughs> celebrated across country but we've celebrated the closing of chapters as yeah. well as the beginning of chapters we celebrate every chance that we get um just to uplift each other and to remind each other like whatever we're doing right now is what we're supposed to be doing Exactly. And I think that that also allows people to like move forward without me. I don't hold you to that script of like, okay, she was in a toxic relationship. So I'm going to just, that's all she going to know how to be in. Like, no, we're going to celebrate the closing out and we're going to celebrate when this new non-toxic situation is going down. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing we do is we don't ever assume that our way is the right way or the only way. We are open to new ideas. We're willing to learn from each other and we're willing to grow. And I think Again, going back to we have a difference of opinion on how we show loyalty or what that means to us. Right. But that but even though we have a difference of opinion, like that doesn't mean that my way is right. Your way is wrong. There's only one way to feel. We're open to understanding and coming to a mutual a mutual understanding of the other person. Yeah. And I think just overall, just being in a space to have dialogue, like that is something that I learned. I went through a certification process in college and that changed the way that I could connect with people is I'm listening to understand. I don't need to be right. I don't need us to agree. I'm listening to understand who you are. So then I can make a choice to say like, okay, this is what I need to do. Here's how I'm going to show up. Or maybe this friendship doesn't work for me Mm. because because of, you know, what I'm understanding about you. Um, but I think that, yes, I think another thing is like, I think we talked a little bit about, we already talked about celebrating. Um, I think making room for others to evolve is big as well. And I, I know we mentioned that, but just a moment ago, but I think that that is major for me of like, I know key 10 years ago when we was on missions for these little, little yes. raggedy boys, raggedy. And raggedy boys. And we was being raggedy girls okay. on these missions. And 
I, I, at we almost, we're going into our 30th chapter at the end of this year and Ooh. next year. And I can't hold you to that same stuff. I had to create room for you to evolve and not be like, well, you know, you used to be like this. Like, we don't have those type of conversations. We it's don't. always in the present. Or if it is something to do with the past, it's just to go back and, and reflect on what we learned from that and not peg anybody there. So making room, I make a room for you to evolve into where, you, where you're not yet. And I think that that's really important because then it does, those roles don't get stagnant and I don't feel like I don't know how to show up because we, our roles are, it's a, it's a movement, it's an evolution. It We're still writing be, those scripts. Yes, it should be ever evolving. I fully agree with that. I think that has definitely been something that's been helpful for us because yeah, you don't we we couldn't have stayed friends this long as many yeah. changes as yeah man we've we been, both we've been to gone state through. to state to man to, to school to uh, toxic work environment to lord it's, to losing other friendships and being like i don't really even know how to show up for anybody right now yes. and i'm just annoyed with everybody right now yeah so all of that absolutely and i think the most important thing to being a real ass friend Honestly, be someone who's enjoyable to be around. Have fun. Yes. Have fun with your friends. Yes. Remember why you were friends in the first place. Don't always just be do stupid stuff, gossiping like, and sad and and venting. Like, do dumb stuff. Yeah, and I think creating specific spaces to do fun stuff. Like, I especially as we get older, people having kids, people got jobs that have different demands. So, like, you know, maybe we need to book that trip out, you know, a year ahead. Maybe we need to, you know, play some games on the phone. Like, I think it's just whatever you can do, prioritizing fun and, and play. I think as black women specifically, we don't create a lot of spaces to play because of the demands of life. And it's so important for us to enjoy ourselves. So, play enjoy yes have a good ass time <laughs> have have a good ass time absolutely i have been loving what you've been doing uh with your karaoke nights yes every friday every, every friday, friday has we been play so karaoke fun. have fun and you know i think the the beautiful part about that too is not only do we have the fun right you know uh, so i'm all about balance right so for me it's it's the balance of being able to have the fun to acknowledge to celebrate but also do the work mm -hmm. and also acknowledge that we are important as individuals but our connections are important as well and so that's what we're going to be talking about at Solo in the City. So for those of you who don't know, my name is Solo again. Uh, I have a, basically a, it's a lifestyle brand is what I'm kind of navigating it as. And it's Solo in the City. And yes, my name is Solo, but it has more to do with the idea of an individual. So Solo being alone and the city being, you know, chaos. It's beautiful things in your city. It's some rough parts of your city. It's some in-between parts that you don't really never go to, but every once in a while. So that's the idea of kind of what it is. Um, so it is a chosen lifestyle. It has some intention around it. It's about the intentional balance of self and other um, it's the commitment to always prioritize space for yourself and evolution solo in the city focuses on two themes primarily ego work and balance intimacy though it gets a bad rap ego is by definition actually means self-importance uh, balance intimacy is in relation to the harmony in which we create and sustain in our connections with self and other so each week on Fake Friends, we're going to uncover a tool or a resource that'll help us identify where we are with ourselves so that we can build healthier relationships with our inner solas and in the city of the connections. So hey, 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 I'm looking forward to Sola in the City. Listen, okay? we're gonna we gonna learn, we're gonna review, 
we're going to apply and we're going to make, we're going to make it happen. So I think it's so important to connect the dots. So we talked a little bit about like fake friends versus real friends. Um, but one thing that I think is really important to kind of bridge the gap, um, is this week we're going to talk about attachment styles. It's Ooh. something that I didn't really know a whole lot about. I was first introduced to the attachment theory via Shan Booty, Shan Booty's, um, she has a workbook. She also has a really dope book I called The Game of Desire. Love her. Plugging it now, plugging, shout out. She is actually a certified sex educator and dating coach. But the workbook has you pretty much go through your like your attachment styles, apology language. Go to her website. I'm pretty sure she still has it available. Um, but do the work and yeah. write the notes because this helped me really in a, a good section of my life to really, after a lot of things had changed, to kind of figure out who the heck is Sola? What does Sola need? What's Sola's BS? What are Sola's strengths? What are Sola's opportunities for growth? And so... Uh, that was my first introduction, and that was followed up with my homegirl, Tracy. Shout out to Tracy and Energy hey. Yoga. Uh, but she recommended me two books. The first was The Journey of Abandon- the Journey uh, from Abandonment to Healing by Susan Anderson, and then The Healing and then Healing Your Attachment Wounds by Dan Diane Poole Heller. Um, so overall, attachment is an emotional bond with another person. Various theories explore the impact of attachments as a child uh, and how they present in your adult relationships. So there are four main attachment styles. The first is secure, then you have avoidant, and then you have anxious, and finally anxious avoidant, which is also known as fearful. Um, So we're just gonna do a brief description. And one thing I'm really, big on is making sure we understand what we're even talking about so we could we have clear definitions to work through so that we can have clear definitions so that we can apply to what's going on with us absolutely tell us let us know so the first one is secure so secure is low on avoidance and uh low on anxiety so those are pretty much the two measurements that these attachment styles work through is avoidance and anxiety On one scale. And so this is, so somebody who's secure is comfortable with intimacy. They're not worried about rejection or preoccupied with the relationship. So something they would say, it's easy for me to get close to others. I'm comfortable depending on them and having them depend on me. I don't worry about being abandoned or someone getting too close to me. Mm. Secure. Okay. Avoidant. Avoidant is high on avoidance and low on anxiety. They're typically uncomfortable with closeness and primarily values independence and freedom, not worried about partner's availability. They would typically say something like, I'm comfortable with being close to others. I find it difficult to trust and depend on others and preferred others and prefer that others do not depend on me. It is very important that I feel independent and self-sufficient. My partner wants me to be more intimate than I'm comfortable being. Avoidant. Okay. Anxious. Anxious is low on avoidance and high on anxiety. They crave closeness, intimacy, very insecure about the relationship. They would say something like, I want to be extremely emotional, extremely emotionally close or merge with others, but others are reluctant to get as close as I would like. I often worry that my partner doesn't love or value me and will abandon me. My inordinate need for closeness scares people away. Anxious. Anxious and avoidant, also known as fearful, is high on avoidance and high on anxiety. They're uncomfortable with intimacy and worried about their partner's commitment and love. They would say something like, I'm comfortable getting close to others and find find it difficult to trust and depend on them. I worry I will be hurt if I get close to my partner. Anxious and avoidant, aka fearful. So I got these definitions from the Evergreen Psychology, uh, Psychotherapy, excuse me, Center. So that was their breakdown. I think they had one of the clearest breakdowns. I feel like we got really, really 
under can understand and take away some of the type typical behaviors of each style. Um, so now that we know what they are, okay, let's we'll we'll start with something external, and then we'll bring it bring it home. <laughs> but what would you say are Molly and Issa's style? So what would you think Molly is like? What what would what what attachment style based off of her behavior that we've seen for the last four seasons? I want to say she's anxious avoidant. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it seems like she, I think some of her not, her unwillingness to help Issa, we'll say just with this last thing, was more so of like, this is the first time that if she helped her, Issa could possibly leave. Like Issa's elevated. Issa's going What to am I going to be level. good for? Yeah. yeah. What am I going to be good for if I don't clean, if I'm not here to clean it up? Mm-hmm. And, and I, mm-hmm. I was going to say, and I think Issa, were you, Good. I was gonna say I yeah, think yeah. Issa is avoidant. You know, her not I'd wanting agree. to have a, that conversation uh, with Molly and just not really being open as of lately. Yeah. yeah, I think that I think those are spot on. What my guesses would be for those two, um, and for the same reasons, I think that they're, um, yeah, yeah. I think that those are spot on. So now we're gonna bring it home. Uh oh, I'm scared. What's your attachment style? Girl, I took the little quiz away. Because you know I sent the quiz. You know I sent the quiz. What'd you get? I, I took the quiz like, again. Uh-huh. I feel like it wasn't fair. <laughs> See, is this anxious? What? This sounds anxious and avoiding at the same time. What the hell you got to say? <laughs> yes, ma'am. But I feel like it was anxious avoiding because, okay, so it, va- it evaluates you on four different relationships right two two i feel very secure in and two i don't feel very secure in Mm. so i think you're gonna share more you're gonna keep it open well the two so it so it evaluated me on you know my mother and father relationship and then Mm. it also evaluated evaluated me on my a friendship and a partner and Mm. my friendships the people who i've chosen my friendships and and my partner currently like we good i'm secure like that was that was they it breaks it down so it shows you like i was definitely it's a quadrant that it gives you that's a nice graph yeah i I was secure in in those areas but overall i i did score anxious avoidant and i think it's because of you know my parent relationship Mm. that's that's real yeah so i'm still working through that listen is this for us to be able to navigate and again these tools are here for us so that we can define it doesn't mean like this is defining who you are but it helps you gauge you know if you even do maybe you all of a sudden have a space where you're bringing certain types of behaviors that are abnormal into your partnership or your friendships you can go back and look like oh I might be having trouble with my parental relationship and that's feeding and spilling over here. Those are behaviors mm-hmm. that I display over here. How can I how can I break those down and figure out what is the cause of those so that if I'm being triggered in another relationship that I can better address that and navigate those situations. So, okay. Yeah, so, okay. so uh, enough about me. What are yours, Sola? So I took it again because uh, I took it a while ago. I took it like six. I took it almost exactly a year ago, and then I took it again today, and I pretty much got the same exact answers. So um, I'm actually secure. I have one relate. I'm secure in my four quadrants. So with my general, with my mother, uh, romantic and friend, but with my father, I have fearful avoidance. So on this scale, so before I took this, I was like, all right, I think I'm primarily secure, but dismissive would be my. It wouldn't be um, like anxious or preoccupied. Mm. 
it's it's definitely dismissive or avoidant uh, mm-hmm. is, that, is what they call it in the breakdown that we reviewed. So um, my general one falls in a space that's insecure. It's pretty much almost in the center of insecure, except for it does go up towards dismissive a little bit or excuse me, avoidant. So yeah, I feel like it. I feel like that's a fair assessment of me. I wouldn't be surprised if it was more avoidant. I wouldn't be surprised. But if I seem like anxious, I'd be like, no, that's not that's not me because I don't think I have those feelings no, <laughs> often. No, you don't. <laughs> I, I genuinely just am anxious overall, so that didn't surprise. But you know what's crazy about that is like I didn't realize that about you for a long time. Oh yeah, I feel like a lot of people with uh, some form of anxiety hide it very well. Yeah, because I feel like it took me a while to be like, "What's really like?" Yeah, it's it's, it's anxiety. It's some it's something's <laughs> bothering her, but I don't. And because I guess you're also person, avoiding it. <laughs> And I'm also, like, not an anxious person. So, like, anxiety is something I've really, especially with different friends I've had, like, I've had to really learn to create space and understanding for that because it's just not a feeling I experience often. So it's just like, oh, that's 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 very real for you in that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to have somebody, like, break down to me, like, okay, so I could not validate, well, validate it for myself so that I could navigate how to relate to them in a better way. Yeah I, yeah, I appreciate uh, you doing that and taking time. I have gotten better. I think one of the things, again, is just communicating. I think I, I have tried to do that. That was one thing that helped with my personal anxiety going a little off is just uh, sharing exactly what those feelings are and being able to to literally say what they are, what's going on. So I appreciate you being a listening ear and, and helping me figure out yeah. what that was. No problem. And I think one thing I would like to just take a moment on is like, do you think like, how do you think we learn to work with our attachment styles being what they are? Like, other than I know you talked about sharing a little bit more about yourself. Like, do you feel like there's other things, other ways in which this probably comes up a little bit more in which our attachment styles like we've had to learn to navigate more? I I can't think of any offhand, but uh, I just wonder how like our attachment styles relate to each other in our friendship is what I'm wanting to explore a little bit. Well, you were the friend that I chose and we were secure. I think it's that I trust you. I think there's a mutual trust. Mm, So I think the thing on the parent side for me is like, I'm not able to be super open or super expressive of how I'm feeling without like, having to worry about their feelings or having to take on Mm. their feelings. And so I feel like with you, I have learned that like I can just say how I'm feeling and you don't instantly become defensive or take that on as your own or like give it back to me. Because I'm avoidant. Uh, Well, there's (laughs) that. (laughs) No, I think think it does play a little bit into it. I think also like my, with with one of my parental, parental relationships, um, my mom is like not offended by much at all. Like, so I think that that was a part of my upbringing of like, even though I don't think I was as expressive when I was younger as an adult and integrating our, like, I can say a lot of things we can, I can have very honest conversations with her now, but I've never worried about her being offended, which I think is, I think again, these are based in how we are raised. Like these attachment styles are based in like, when you are a kid and specifically a child and their caregiver, what does that stress? What does that communication? How does that impact the relationships? That's what attachment theory is, is, is basically exploring. So I think it's always interesting, like you said, and I think it's, it's interesting to think about when you choose, right? Because you said that there's trust. Do you, are you a person that feels like somebody has to earn your trust or do you give trust to somebody and they can lose it? 
I think it's more of the second for me. I think that they can lose it. I'm not a, I'm not skeptical in that way, maybe. Or, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I feel like, it's, yeah, you, people's true colors will show up. Right, right. So That's I don't, I too. yeah, I don't make you, like, earn my trust. But, like, you can definitely break it very quickly. Yeah. And also, like, I, th- I agree. And for me, I think even how my avoidant or dismissive shows up, I've been thinking about this lately. I don't think it's. I don't think I'm avoiding a conversation mm. or even my own feelings. It's just something I, when I think about it, it just doesn't seem like it weighs out to be worth it or it doesn't weigh out to seem like it's something that I can't work through. Right. Or, or is it something that this is just who this person is and I decide if I want to be around this person or not. Oh yeah. That's definitely. a, a So out. to me, I feel like that's how my avoidance shows up of like, and I think, yeah, there's probably some, some there's sometimes where, like, yeah, I'm just avoiding your ass. Like, <laughs> I think that is absolutely a part of my personality. But I think for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about things a lot. So it's like, in my way, I'm, I'm trying to weigh it all out. Absolutely. Anywho, I love I that think, Sola. Thank you. Yeah, I think that that I think it also goes back to being a real ass friend, right? It's like you have to a real ass friend is for me to know what your attachment style is. With your apology language, with your love languages, in, in certain sense, what your horoscope is, what your moon and the sun is doing in the okay. sky. Uh, just because I think the, again, I think we date our friends in a certain way. And yeah. I think that it's important for us to have that, not only gather that information, but store it and apply it. Like if you, you know something about somebody and it doesn't hurt you or harm you to navigate in a way that can make them feel good or understood, then you should. In my book. But if you guys want to take out you, you and yours want to take the attachment quiz, there's a ton of them out there. The one that I like the most that does this four quadrant breakdown with the different relationships is the uh, yourpersonality.net forward slash attachment. So again, that's yourpersonality.net forward slash attachment. And it's free. And I would choose the option where you can log in because, again, you can take the, the, the assessment again at a later date and it'll track your scores over time. Highly recommend. So, yeah. Another thing we're going to be doing Uh-oh. part of Sola in the City is y'all know I'm all about community. I'm all about not just talking at somebody, but having a dialogue, understanding and having a scope of what uh, what else is going on with different folks. So each week we're going to chime in on some situations that you all are going through and apply whatever our Sola in the City tool is for the day. So today Ooh. we have our... Dear fake friends <laughs> section in which we have uh, different people have wrote into us about different situations, again, challenges. Even we will take celebrations, too, uh, that kind of offer a question that we can work through together using the new tools that we've gained in the conversation and dialogue uh, and understanding. So today's first First write-in is, Dear Fake Friends, I've had to deal with friends and lovers who are complete narcissists who take until there's nothing left, and I can't help but be accommodating because I'm such a giver. It's not as if I don't love myself or have confidence. I was just a co-parent to my younger siblings growing up. Do you have any advice on how to demand more respect or better yet, become more strategic regarding my personal preferences in, lo- in a loving way? Ooh. It's a lot to unpack. That is a lot to unpack. It's a lot to unpack. All right. So this is this is definitely tough. Okay. It's something that I'm working on. Um, being the oldest child, 
I, can, I feel like I can relate to what they're saying or where they're coming from. Because uh, in my family dynamic, everyone calls on me. Literally mm. for everything. It could be the simplest thing like, can you can you order this pair of shoes? You just you just do it better. Can you order them? Can you just, can you, <laughs> like, bruh, can you not call? Like, I'm, I have a life. I have things that I need to do as well. So what I've learned mm. is to teach them how to fish. Mm. I have That's good. given them the tools at this point. That's like, these are the websites that I would go to to check for the best prices or to find the right size. If one doesn't have it, like this is how I would do this. And then they can get an idea of exactly how much time it takes. It's not just ordering a pair of shoes. Right. right. And next time that they need a pair of shoes, they know how to do it. So that's one of the things. That's a two for one. Okay. Okay. Two for one. There you go. And I also have started saying, you know, I, if it's advice they're seeking, maybe um, I don't have the capacity to deal with this particular situation. Maybe there's another friend that you have that can can help you out with it. Maybe there's a therapist in your area that you can seek. I personally am not able to help you. Listen. Prioritizing yourself. I think, like you said, the, to me, it's about the repositioning of you. Yeah. I, I, you can, you have the power to navigate what you contribute and what you don't contribute to relationships. And I think it's always good. It don't matter if they're a narcissist or not. If you're not good with it, you're not good with it. And I think it takes you to think of some situations, maybe. But think about maybe your friends borrowing money. I have a thing like if it's 50 or under and I got it and it ain't killing me, I don't have to think more about that. But if I have a flag for myself, if somebody's asking me more, more, more than $50, like to allow myself time 24 hours to get back to them. That's because own, then that's I can't your own really, personal rule, right? Like that's my own personal already. rule. No matter who the person is on the other side, doesn't mean I won't make an exception. But that's my personal rule, and I think that we have to. We're not taught when we're younger because a lot of times we're giving like here's the rule. We're not taught to create that for ourselves. So I think that that's really important, and to understand that you know there are different types of relationships. So even though it's valid that you run, you have that space in your family that like. That's not how it has to be applied to everybody. Yes, you're a giver. I'm a very, I'm a giver. I still have to take care of me and I still have to, you know, make sure that I'm, I'm trusting in those scenarios or that, that actually giving is actually the best thing to give to that person. Uh, I think, I think it's all things that you have to consider, but like Keith said, it's going back to, to teaching others how to, to do for themselves when available to, and not being okay, becoming okay with no. No is a complete sentence. All right. So the next question we have is, dear fake friends, my friend is always calling or FaceTiming me, expecting me to answer every time and getting upset when I don't answer. He always comments things like, you know, you're my only friend, jokingly, but it's just kind of annoying. I always let him know I was busy and going as far as to letting him know what I was doing, but it's just too much. I'm ready to end the friendship because it's becoming exhausting and draining. I've tried to establish boundaries, but they ignore them. What should I do? Mm-hmm-hmm. Sound like you already know what you want to do. <laughs> uh, for me, I think I would question. It sounds like there's probably some other things going on in this relationship. But as we talked about earlier with the fake friends, what they don't do and what real friends do do is that boundary setting if you are setting a, a boundary and somebody is ignoring it and you've had that conversation then um i think 
having the conversation to say this ain't gonna work that rocks well with me <laughs> I think that it's important that um you feel respected I think there's nothing you don't want to resent your friend I mean I the resentment in a friendship is just not gonna work so I think for me it's more so like if somebody's doing something that's annoying me my highest self is going to tell them that they're annoying me and especially if this is something over time, I think we have to acknowledge that there's seasons of friendship where your, your friend may need to lean on you a little bit more. Um, and that's, again, if, you, if you're at capacity and you don't have that, then providing those other resources and, and being frank and honest with them. Um, I wouldn't probably be providing many explanations, but I can understand if that's what, what you feel. But it sounds like it seems like there's some manipulation going on here a little bit of somebody ignoring something and then uh, introducing guilt or something. I'm also not cool with just being somebody only friend in that type of way where you're saying that to me, that would be a red flag to me um, Mm -hmm. because I I need you to be able to one, work through some of the stuff by yourself and to respect that I have a life. I have a very big need for, you know, personal space. Um, So that for me, I think, to ask what you should do, I think you should listen to your intuition um, and have a real conversation. And really just think, before you have that conversation, really think about what what is actually the issue. Is it just that they're calling you? Is it that you have a lack of boundary? Like, make a list of what the things are and then be able to look at that list and say, hey, is this a friendship worth, you know, breaking because these things are happening or are there other things and this is just a season that we're going through? Yeah, so I, I completely agree with you. I will say one thing that I recently started doing. You, I didn't even know I was doing it. You actually made me realize I was doing it. Is instead of ignoring the call completely or ignoring the text completely, if I wasn't able to get to it, I would ignore the call, but then I would send over a text and say, hey, like I'm really busy today. Like I can get with you tomorrow afternoon. Or like I would give them a time frame that I knew I would be available. Now, that doesn't mean that they would necessarily be available at that same time, but it is it is kind of, it has set me up to have space, to have to not have repeated phone calls or texts or like, "Oh, they're just going to try to catch me later" because I feel like if you just keep ignoring someone's phone call, they're going to try you again because they just thought, "Oh, they were she was busy at that moment." So for me sending out that text of like, "Hey, like I today is just not good or like this whole week has been crazy at work like let me get with you on Sunday that has been super helpful I do the same thing with text like sometimes Sola will send over a a video she wants me to watch but I'm not able to watch it in that moment I just say you know hey girl like I'm gonna get to this before bed I think and I think it also and I think it's been helpful to you, but to me, when I send somebody, I don't expect nobody to get back to it right away. So I think having those type of conversations is just important too with your friends of like, just making sure they understand whatever the boundary of that communication is. And it sounds like you're trying to do that and they're not respecting that. So you got to be respected in your friendships. Yeah, absolutely. On both ends. Mm-hmm. Okay, next we have, dear fake friends, I met this dope ass chick at work and we became cool friends instantly. I ended up quitting that job, but I hope we would remain friends. Well, we still talk, but it's every once in a while and usually when she needs to vent or a few times she's asked me to hook her up with a job. Were we really friends or was it all in my head? I'm excited for Key to answer this. Oh gosh. Come on, Key. Because I know you have feels about this. I do. I feel like you were work friends. Like, I think that you have work friends. I think you were work friends. A lot of times the understanding of work friends, I could be making assumptions here, is you venting about your boss. You venting about the lazy coworker you have. Y'all are bonding over something common. 
once that common core thing is gone, it's hard to maintain the friendship. I mean, unless y'all was doing more than just happy hour after work and you were, you know, you've met their, they have kids and you met their kids or you met their partner, whomever, other friends. Like, and if you haven't socialized in their circle, y'all was work friends. And I think that that's okay. I think you can still meet up with them if you want to, but I don't, I don't know. She said, y'all not real friends is what she getting at. She said, your work friends ain't real friends. That's what my friend trying to say. Yeah, Just that's to what be I'm clear. trying to say. Okay, she's just trying to be cute with it, but that's that's what she was trying to say. I Which I think, I mean, I think that there is absolutely space for that. I, I don't think, to me, I, I've been in situations where I, I never expected to go to work and meet, like, friends. Like, But I've had, I've had connections and I've had friendships that I've met people at work and I still am connected to those people and I still feel like we have a friendship. It's a, it's a, fr- it's a type of friendship, but it's not, yeah. I don't t- speak to them all day. And I think that's the other thing of, like, did you think this was your best friend? Right. Maybe I was. I think that's what it is. Is I think work friends are a type of friend, but they always have that dynamic that is the common beginning of that was work, and so I think you have to acknowledge that. And to me, it sounds like I'm more concerned with the fact that she only call you when it's time to vent or ask you for a job. It don't sound like she was your friend at all. Uh-uh. It just sound, you know, in that way from, if that's all y'all talk about, you're not able to exchange or get anything from that. It just sounds like you thought that person was cool, but that person wasn't interested in an exchange. It was that y'all was just in the same place and she could talk to you about whatever was going on. And to me, that that, that doesn't always equate to friendship. I agree. And you a dope ass person. So you find friends. <laughs> I'm a firm believer I know people will say that it's, it's very difficult To find friends as you get older I don't exactly subscribe I understand that but I don't actually subscribe to that I think what it is is in life As we get older it's harder to make more space To learn ourselves for us to then um, Get ourselves in a position to attract What it is that we're looking for in companionship With friendship so I think it's more so About us than it is necessarily About others um, and I think That you have less time to To do the self where if you have you there's so much going on you're not actually even able to, you're not if you're not priorita- prioritizing the space to manifest what it is that you're wanting in those connections then it's always going to be difficult and challenging to find them because yes, they're supposed friend. to be attracted to you mm. so you, if you want to be a type of friend if you think she's a dope person focus less on the dope person that she was and be that person be who it is that you would want to see be friends with and then you'll start to see those people come up and you'll start to go to those places where those people are and you'll start to build those connections but again i think we always have to be weird of like just because you're meeting friends that don't mean they need to be your best friend Mm-mm. And so trying to fill that position of your ride or die, that's not, to me, that's not a focus point. Uh, those things will organically happen and people are placing your life for a reason. So it's not always that they need to be in that point. Maybe the, the another, just being a friend in a, in a general sense is, is what is a blessing to you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Fake Ass Friends episode of the Fake Friends Podcast with Kiara Rose. And so let's see, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Fake Friends Podcast. If you love this episode of the Fake Friends Podcast, head over to your favorite podcast platform to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We appreciate you growing with us. Don't forget to join for our next week's episode, Fake Ass Fathers. Until next time.